In today's podcast, I talk to Mary Ledgerwood. Now, Mary is originally from Scotland, but is now based here in the Northeast. She's quite a successful playwright and has made quite a name for herself here in the Northeast and Scottish theatre. She clearly loves what she does and is so passionate about theatre and her playwriting. So, without further ado, let's listen to Mary Ledgerwood. for joining us on my Jenna's Journey podcast. Hi, <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> so tell us, how did you become a, a playwright? How did your career within that start? Yeah, wow. Um, I probably have to go back quite a bit to, like, I, I always loved writing. I loved writing since I was in primary school. So I distinctly remember being seven years old and I was doing a project in primary school on Antarctic and me writing a poem about a rabbit so I spent a lot of time just writing silly poems and stories and things for my friends I thought I wanted to be a journalist because so I grew up in a village village of Lennox town which is 10 miles north of Glasgow Mm -hmm. and I didn't know any I think it's quite common really to to not really know any writers or I didn't really know the job or or thing you could do so but the, the only sort of writing related job seemed to be journalism Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so I spent a lot of time uh, wanting to be a journalist, and then I did some work experience as a teenager at a local paper, and great paper, but I just didn't enjoy it, and I was like, all right. So then, fast forward a few years, when I went to Glasgow University and I did theatre studies, and then playwriting was a module, and it just all kind of clicked. I was like, all right, this is this is the medium I want, and then so I left Glasgow Uni. And then for a few years, just, again, just got my degree and just kind of spent, ooh, a good five, six, seven years just just really working in different jobs like call centres and admin and PA jobs because, again, it was the same thing. I was like, right, I know I want to be a playwright and I want to write theatre, but, again, I don't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. That structure, I think it was different then. So I graduated from my degree, my undergraduate degree in 2004, and I don't know if there's the opportunities that you have now yeah or the writers groups or the information so then so in 2008 my husband and I moved down to Darlington where he got a job promotion we both got jobs in Darlington um so uh I was looking I was still desperate to do something so my cat's just joined us she's me sorry no right uh, it's okay <laughs> background cat um you know on this podcast um so yeah so <laughs> T said uni so, so I spent a long time looking for like master's courses and um, but loads of them were really expensive loads of them I couldn't do because I've had to go with my job which I I needed to pay my bills and things mm-hmm. so T said uni we're doing a creative writing masters I think the course is still there but the lectures were in the evenings nice. so this is 2010 to 11 I spent so I would work full time then two nights a week got on the train from Darlington to Middlesbrough and go to Teesside Uni and so it was a general I hadn't written really for a long long time so I started that year really wanting to be a novelist mm-hmm. I think we all did and then by the end of the last module that we did was playwriting and our tutor Andy Willoughby took us to the ARC now again I'd only been in the northeast for about a year and a half by that point mm-hmm. so now I know what these things are and now I know so we to write a short to pass the course to pass the module which is write a short 10 minute play for the space in the arc right. um, and you, you know arc Stockton I do do you know what I know where it is but as a culture yeah. blogger this is really bad I've never actually been in to experience the performance there so I know where it is but yeah. it's, it's yet you know when theatre starts opening again and um, I'll mm-hmm. definitely visit there and that'll be on, on my to-do yeah. list 
it's great and it's got a lovely wee cinema as well which is great so literally I just needed someone to take me there and go this is where it is this is how you get to it so we did our thing finished our modules or graduated so it's fine and a girl in my course a poet called Chrissy Robinson had been speaking to Ark anyway about sort of like poetry and things and out of the blue just one night a message popped up from her to speak to Ark and they were quite keen they gave us a scratch night for the people in the course people did that module who wanted to take the plays a bit further who wanted so we'd written these 10 minute plays for that space but we just acted them ourselves and in front of each other right. so Ark gave us like a spit this was in the January of 2012 <laughs> they gave us a specific new writing scratch night and that scratch night actually continued on for a good number of years I mean again I think it was still going I think they're now linked up doing stuff with Northumbria Uni but that scratch night in the January like from that first one on became a regular thing so really from there that that kind of set me off really in terms of being a playwright and everything just kind of happened from there really yeah so is that why you chose theatre you really sort of like found yourself in that you know rather than divert into film or tv is that why you decided to go down the the theatre playwriting route you know I, I was thinking about this actually I would love to do all three <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> my choice was more between tv and novel writing mm-hmm. or, um, so really, I, I think we all started that course wanting to write like the great British novel and be in the three for two table as it was then in Waterstones. But by <laughs> so I wrote so my dissertation. I, I didn't write a play. I wrote like the first three chapters of a novel. But the reason I chose theatre um, was like actually this is really lonely. I don't like this. Theatre, obviously, there is a part where you have to go away and write a play yourself. But eventually, even if you're making a solo show, mm-hmm. like eventually you'll come into contact with people. Eventually, you'll meet a director possibly yeah. a dramaturg, a producer, you know, even like, you know, you're eventually like a technician, eventually. So yeah, I mean, I would absolutely, I love film, really, really love film and TV. I'm starting to take baby, baby steps into writing for telly. I've had a couple of okay. good weeks here, Exciting. really. So watch the space, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, um, theatre, I would say, is my passion mm-hmm. because it's, I'm really passionate about it, but my TV is my first love. Right. So where I grew up, like I say, the nearest city was Glasgow, but that that's a bus ride, which is 50 minutes away, 40, 50 minutes away, or you'd have to drive, that kind of thing. So I didn't, but I, I could access film and telly quite easily because <laughs> telly was in my house and film we had like, again, this is this dates back, but we had like a little cart, you know, the shop down the road that you could rent the videos from and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't really a conscious choice between theatre film or tv it was what i could access now i'm starting to get to know the people on tv and starting to make the contacts from the northeast mm-hmm. with telly but the theatre was what like that my passion but i would say tv and film were probably my first love so which i've never forgotten <laughs> and hopefully come back to so tell us what plays have you have you written you know because you've quite you know as a culture blogger i know but for anyone listening what are the sort of plays they might have seen that you might have written yeah so obviously when i know you reviewed park life which was part of the life lab yeah uh, festival in 2007 so a lot of my plays have come from so i spent a lot the, from 2012 probably two three years after um maybe four years after doing a lot of short play nights because again that seemed to be my way in because as you know the northeast is great for lots of short play nights scratch nights all that kind of stuff and so it was a really good way in and stuff um so park life was originally a short play night was originally part of 10 minutes two at live mm-hmm. um 
2014, so from 2012 to 2014, ARC kept giving us, there was a little writers group that sprang up between us, a group of us, um, that features writers like Ali Davies and Nicola Cameron, Louise Taylor was there, Scott, well, um, Scott Young, sorry, uh, a group of us there, Dan Perry, we're all kind of together, this regular writers group that met at ARC, Becky Sharrick as well. Um, so we done so Ark would give us scratch nights every so often, and then and then like Andy Willoughby, who was my tutor at Ark, did a sorry tutor at Teesside, did a short play night sort of um, course and things like that as well. So there's regular so between for a couple of years, Ark just given us the space, and it was really great. We could write short plays. They would put them on. They would bring in local actors. But I got to 2014, and I thought, you know what? I need to see if I'm any good at this because it's great. I've got the space to try this out, but I'm getting because I'm being given the space and given the opportunity and that's brilliant I want to know if I sent a play somewhere else would they put it on like yeah. if they don't know me mm -hmm. so Hummingbird was a play a short play about a boy and girl who met on a bus and she spoke a different language and it was just a totally made up language I met and he loved terms trying to talk to her but they couldn't sort of communicate with each other and I'd wrote that and I sent it to the Traverse in a way that going right I'm going to spend to this in 14 and I'm going to give myself the challenge for this year this one goal to see a uh, to see if a theater that doesn't know me mm -hmm. takes on a play of mine yeah. and they did the Traverse did it was amazing I was like oh my god wow. the Traverse and it was so it was for their short play words 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 mm -hmm. and I was just like oh my god it's amazing they don't know me they've taken it on it was yeah. really nice it was back home it was mm -hmm. as well I mean it's Edinburgh but still it was that was amazing yeah. um so what I did with um so skipping ahead there's quite a few years in between where I did sort of R&D and different sort of play nights and opportunities and a couple of different plays I, I worked on but um so I came so 2017 I got taken on as part of this Royal Court writers group that they were doing in the northeast and I thought back to that play about these two people who couldn't really communicate with each other because one spoke a different language and things and I thought oh how would that work now so that turned into a play called Paper Tiger mm -hmm. which had a rehearsal region as part of this royal court group we, we went into the royal court which was amazing actually for a couple of days and we had a rehearsal reading with the actors and then we had a few months then it went to the stage and then since then that became shortlisted for the Th theatre 503 international playwriting award wow so that's, that's cool that's that's amazing <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that was that was weird. Yeah, so that's been a good thing. Um, other stuff I've done, worked in a short play called, uh, I, worked in a certain, I wrote a monologue called Signal Change, which was performed at Northern Stage, which the actor Will, William and Davies, he, he performed it. And then we worked on a bit about, about trying to expand it. It's a week's R&D at Live Arts Council, and I'm since continuing to work on that play, and it's now something mm -hmm. else. I'm starting to send out places, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of other things I've done but yeah that's been the biggest so the big thing at the minute actually is um getting the um oh yes I've done stuff with Alphabeti as well I had short mm -hmm. plays on Alphabeti done their right longer the thing I did a couple of years ago now was um a right longer scheme where they took several plays and they had like maybe workshop days with us and so that play was called Swimmers and it's based on a true story about four women four British women who went to the Olympics in the first year that they allowed female swimmers uh, to take part, and that was 1912. And uh, so I had a sort of workshop day at Alphabeti for that play. Um, and then since then, I've been given a live bursary, a live seed bursary uh, last year. Thank you. So I, so it was really good actually, because live would sort of, I mean, like a number of theatres at the minute are lo were looking how to 
respond to this past year. So they had mm-hmm. like, the initial big bursaries they gave out, but then they gave sort of smaller, but but no less valuable bursaries to um, a group of us. So I've got the space, I've got some drama, well, rehearsal space, once we can get into rehearsal, yeah. uh, R&D time, some, uh, yeah, just, um, just they can give us dramaturgical support and things. So I'm actually linked up with Melanie Rashbrook and the 620, who I worked on Park Life with, who I've, I've had a long sort of time, um, good few years working with them actually. I've worked mm-hmm. on little projects and things with them, so they're great. Um, so we're currently waiting to hear back. So we've got the um the bursary from live, but we're also put in a bid with the Arts Council for some R&D. We're currently waiting to hear about that. So that's the next sort of thing, thing that we're waiting to hear about. Which yeah, is very, very exciting stuff. That's um, coming, your, coming your way. So yeah. obviously, you know, you are a successful playwright. So what are the ingredients for, I don't want to say perfect play, but, you know, what sort of things as a playwright should you be putting in there to create, you know, the best play that you can? <laughs> yeah, that's an, that's interesting. So I was thinking about this because um, I don't know. I Because like you, I was thinking, I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect, because yeah. it's a jumping off point, isn't it? Yeah. I know certainly when I go to see a play, what I was thinking what I personally like and obviously it's different for everybody and I'm trying to think about um so in a couple of weeks hopefully COVID restrictions I think mm-hmm. going down to London I'm going to see Constellations which is my favorite play have you have you read it it's by Nick no you know, I've, I've never even heard of it I, I I don't know nothing about it I'm afraid no Constellations by Nick Payne it's really it's really good um it's about all different multi-universes mm-hmm. so you'll get a scene that starts and they'll, they'll say some stuff I'll be like a man of movement and barbecue and then it'll change and then they'll have the same scene but then it'll change slightly like in one version she's married and the next version you, you know he's with his girlfriend or something and the play goes on become, becomes so much bigger than that but um yeah what they're doing down in London is they're, it's a two-hander but they're running it all summer it's um and there's different casts that are going to do it so the cast I'm seeing is Peter Capaldi and Zoe Wanamaker wow. so to me why I like that play is just the things that really appeal to me in terms of multi-universes so I'm really into like sci-fi and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh just really relationship that it's about you know it's really just, I, I love I write a lot of the love and relationships and things so that really appeals to me and mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful play and some beautiful stage I, I saw it in Manchester a few years ago and it's one of those plays that I, I was there at the matinee with some friends and I thought god I, if I'd had the time and the money I would have gone straight round and bought a ticket for the evening performance because I loved it <laughs> so much um so yeah so that's that's my idea of a perfect play but I know obviously there's to me sort of beautiful staging uh, characters um, beautiful, I really love poetic language, uh, you know, romance, and uh, yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, and is sci-fi, is that something that inspires you when you're writing your, your own plays? You know, what sort of inspires you to, to write? Yeah, I mean, I've not had much cause to do it yet, but I'd like to, I'm really keen to, to explore sort of sci- sci-fi and multiverses and all these stuff, and there's some of my favourite stuff, you know, you know I mean, I love like, the Marvel Universe and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I think... I think actually about what yeah because I'd love I love to see ordinary everyday situations there's a there was a playwright at live some years ago now and he's a playwright he's he's from up here Ali McDowell but he's now I don't know where he lives now but he's um he was kind of he's not his playwright but I think mm-hmm. he was in Manchester for a while I don't know where he is now but um I've been lucky enough to sit in workshops with him Ali McDowell and he wrote a play called Brilliant Adventures and it was about it was set in Middlesbrough and it had a time machine Oh, and it was brilliant to see like those places that we know you know what I mean that seemed like so every day nothing could ever happen like that here you know yeah. I mean, it, 
in the place where places where I grew up, you know, think about Iran, and it was great, and it was just this bit of like you say, just I don't know. Sometimes when we think of sci-fi, we think of like Star Trek, or we think of like you know, like say Marvel, these big American things, which I absolutely love. But just mm-hmm. to see just something that you recognize about your upbringing, but just kind of wow, didn't wow, yeah. time machine, that's amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of thing inspires me. So what's the process of you've spoken about, you know, the plays you've written and then getting onto stage. What is that process like? Is it a case of you writing it and then pitching it to, you know, different theatre venues or companies? How does that all, all work? It's been different every time, I think. So a lot of stuff I started with was writing a lot of short plays and then to those kind of scratch nights, like, saying to the director yeah you know what I mean like oh let's keep in touch or let's do a bit more or that kind of thing so I suppose my I can think of things like my relationship with the 620 so I met Melanie when I did 10 minutes two where part life started mm-hmm. what they did at the time and I don't I know they do it differently now was they did a thing where they got the writers and directors they'd chosen in a room and they did a speed dating thing so you'd go around like every director oh, and sit right. and chat to them oh it was good it was great because I got yeah to it sounds fun and a writer and things like that. I mean, it was absolutely great. And the last person I came was was Melanie, and we just clicked. And this was before the six twenty. You know, six twenty. They do like mixed. I do. Things. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, readers of my blog will know that I love six twenty. And yeah, you're like, yeah. I love mixtape. I'm not very good at it, but I love going. <laughs> same, same, same. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I really want to win the golden mixtape. Um, but yeah, we just clicked <laughs> out before six twenty. I think six twenty was just that was before it was properly born and I've done things like they, they had a thing at alphabetical club 620 so I think from, from so in terms of the work I've done with her in terms of swimmers that was through a relationship where we just Melanie has mentored me actually and we've met every so often and even if I wasn't writing something or was working with other people we would chat about my ideas we'd chat about things I was doing so that was through that one thing so in terms of other things sometimes it's been submitting plays are, are just like um, open submissions so I'm, I've got like a spreadsheet set up where I kind of take note of all the things that are coming up and I'm note up when I get rejection as you do you know I note that up and things like that so um yeah it's like say so a lot of it was short play nights sort of responding to like open calls and that kind of thing the longer pieces it's been sometimes taking those short plays those ideas and working on them it's been writers groups and schemes and that kind of thing like so that's how paper tiger came about because i got this sort of deadlines are great obviously if you if you're play if you're playwright i mean i think hopefully fingers crossed i'm quite disciplined now but when it's uh, for a long long time i've used like deadlines of of competitions yeah. that even if they don't take them at least i've written something yeah you know what i mean so that's yeah, yeah. And we obviously can't go, you know, go without the podcast and not talk about the, the pandemic. It's a question I've been asking everyone on the podcast. What's your theatre experience been like during the, the pandemic? Because obviously, you know, the, some theatres are still open, some of them are still closed and are gradually getting open. So what's it been like for, for you, uh, you know, during the pandemic? Well, for me personally, so obviously we have to acknowledge that it's been devastating for the theatre industry and seeing... Yeah so many friends and colleagues out of work and really, you know what I mean, just having work cancelled overnight and things mm-hmm. just absolutely heartbreaking. I also have to acknowledge I've been quite privileged. So obviously I've said to you I have a day job. Mm-hmm. So what happened was uh, things have changed for me in a real positive 
wait. So as I said, I moved to Darlington um, over 10 years ago now. Yeah. Before the pandemic, my husband and I relocated up to Gateshead because we okay. just wanted to live in the city again. Um, Darlington is a lovely, lovely town. I really miss, I don't drive, so I really miss like having easy access to things and city and things being mm. open later and all that kind of stuff. So my husband, we both worked in Darlington, but then he got a job. So I was getting public transport which my, my commute, so I was looking for, for other jobs, really other jobs near where I live now in Gateshead. Mm-hmm. And my, I was knackered because my, my public transport was taken, like could take up to two hours either way and things like that, get home really late at night. Yeah. Since the pandemic happened, I now work from home. It looks like that's going to continue. And so what it's done is given me, so first of all, having that job, it went from overnight from something that you're like oh I really I, I don't get me wrong I do would love to work to, to write full-time I, th- I don't think there's a writer who wouldn't love to do that you know what I mean but it's it's but then when I came right this is a thing it means my bills are paid yeah. I don't have to worry it, give, it gave me the time and the headspace to write so I've I've applied for more things this year than I've ever done right because I've had more time than I've ever had yeah because I have my commute taken away I can finish work at half past four and then be on my laptop by five or mm-hmm. that I wasn't doing bad like I don't know before all that obviously I was managing but having that time so my my pandemic experience has been very much in the minority but and what I would say has has changed things for me in a positive way obviously I must stress a million times I wish it hadn't taken a global pandemic to change yeah. um, because what what I'm really getting around to as I'm being quite long-winded here is that I've managed to make contact because everything's moved on to Zoom mm-hmm. I've managed to contact the folk that I've never would have thought I could have ever spoken to like producers and writers and yeah. workshops and things you know because particularly folk in London or organizations in London like everything's moved on I love London get me wrong I, I love it you know what I mean I'm always happy to jump on the train to London but obviously as you know we can't afford to do that a lot or you know and also I've managed to see work that I never thought I would okay. um I'm really into the streaming of things like the street all the national theater plays there's um there's a play by Sarah Kane called Crave. I love Sarah Kane's one of my favourite writers. And that was Chichester Festival broadcast that. Wow. They announced that before the pandemic. And I was sitting there trying to work out how, how well, I really want to see that play. Yeah. How do I get to Chichester? Oh, God, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't get to Chichester. No, no, no. So it's a bit they put it online and I was like, oh, my God. It, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it doesn't, obviously, that, I mean, I'm really, really strong on access. Growing up with not near close to a theatre, I, I really understand what it's like not to have that. But, like, mm-hmm. um. So something I'm quite passionate about is I really hope, and it looks like some venues are, for example, like Alphabeti, yeah. are streaming things. I know the Young Vic and the Old Vic have announced like streaming options to go forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see this as an able-bodied person who was able to get to London like once a year under my own steam. You know what I mean? So I can't, so how that's opened up things for people who aren't able to, mm-hmm. you know, have disabilities or can't leave the house or for various reasons. You, you know, I really, really hope that that streaming thing long continue. Yeah. It's not the same. But it's better yeah. than nothing. So, exactly. so I've able- no, yeah. I'm, I'm nodding along and agreeing with you. And I see in, in a previous podcast, um, to Mark, who I interviewed, who is a, a Leicester theatre blogger, I was saying to him that, 
you know, this live stream. And for all for me, I find it a bit odd. I can't have that same experience and I can't, you know, watch the, the you know, be being right in front of the actors. It's a bit odd experience for me. But, you know, sitting around watching theatre at home with mum, dad and my brother, who usually wouldn't go to the theatre, so only if I drag them along, I make them come. So I think it's yeah. nice as well that it's bringing, you know, you know broadening people's minds and people who wouldn't be able to go to the theatre, who didn't think theatre was for them, they're able to do it in their own comfort of the home, watch it online, you know, and experience something new. So, I, yeah, fingers crossed they will keep theatre streaming a, a thing and keep it accessible for anybody and everybody. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not perfect, of course not, and it doesn't replace the whole thing, but I, I have really been able to see things and speak to people that I never would and form relationships with folk that I would never would have even had. Like now I know them, I can talk to them, but like yes. I never wouldn't have known. Having that way in before would have been much more different. People have had more time, I think. People have been quite generous as well. Like obviously we were saying that, you know, just different things people have been doing to try and respond like we said about live theatre and anniversaries and things so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what advice do you have for any aspiring play you know playwrights maybe listening right now thinking you know what Mary I want to do this I want to start to become a playwright what would of advice would you give to those people yeah I'd say read as much as you can I mean read as many plays as you can see as many plays as you can obviously you know theatre can be expensive but as you know we have things like Alphabeti which is pay what you can, Arc in Stockton is pay what you can which are great Um, I would oh not even that like Ali McDowell who I was talking about said it's not even just like plays to, to watch and see just watch films read books just read articles by playwrights interviews with playwrights just just fill your head with all this kind of stuff that you can drawn um to have life experience i mean the other thing i would say as well the thing is i don't know what i sometimes see obviously i've, I've done all this you know working full-time job and things and i've seen people mm. sort of say oh you can't be a proper artist if, if you're not working full-time well that's just silly because you know like it's very very rare that you would earn a lot of money from from yeah. what you're kind of doing and stuff um and also to take something else someone told me recently and, and they're absolutely right to take if you've got aspiring artist or aspiring writer and you like your twitter bio take it out because you're not aspiring you are you are yeah like you know you absolutely are yeah and where can we find you on social media or a website or if people want to reach out for you where where are you on on the social media <laughs> Uh, Twitter, I'm on at me Ledgerwood, so M E Ledgerwood, me yeah. Ledgerwood. Um, don't go as I said, you don't got my LinkedIn. I need, really need to update my LinkedIn. I, 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 I keep miss just seeing people looking at it, and I'm just like, I'm just like, no, 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 no. So I, I should, I, I should get around to updating that. But um, yeah, Twitter's probably the best place to find me. Fabulous, Mari. Thank you so much yeah. for talking to me on Gemma's journey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, you too. Thanks for asking me. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Gemma's Journey podcast. I've been your host, Gemma Hurst. Now, if you're an artist, actor, dancer, or maybe you just love to talk about theatre, then don't, don't hesitate to contact me. I'm at Gemma's Journey on social media. And of course, make sure you subscribe and share this podcast. Thank you for listening.